Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the word today? Amen. Amen. So I, I hope that you have been inspired these past couple of weeks with somewhat of a sense of urgency to spread the gospel. I, I, I just hope that maybe at least in some way when you're, when you're at the workplace or you're out in the marketplace or people that you encounter in your neighborhood, I hope that at least the thought has begun to stir in you to say, Lord, how can I reach these people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can I have the boldness to step out by faith and begin to share my testimony? And, you know, I, I'm not trying to be insensitive. As a matter of fact, we just prayed. I'm not trying to be insensitive to the things that are going on around us uh, in the world because the things that are happening in our world right now are very, very serious. And some of those things I have dealt with myself and having had family members who, who deal with it, I know how difficult some of the present uh, challenges are. But you know what? My, my wish in this hour is that, or my prayer, I should say, in this hour, is that the church of Jesus Christ is at least as equally concerned about what's being spread in the spiritual realm as the world seems to be about what's being spread in the natural, physical realm. God, let us become contagious Christians. Let us become purveyors of hope in a hopeless world. Let us be peddlers of peace to those who have none. And let us be bold witnesses of the mighty works of God. My prayer is that in this generation, it becomes as it was foretold uh, by the prophet Habakkuk who said, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I pray that there radiates and emanates from this body of believers such a powerful witness, testimony of the things of God that Greenville and Winterville, North Carolina be covered with the knowledge of the glory of God the way that the waters cover the sea. That at all costs, we would be vigilant in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're going to pick up where we left off last week, and that is at Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, where the Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And, you know, when when we speak of sharing the gospel, understand this, that we're not saying that we're trying to convince someone that our opinion is right we we overcomplicate things sometimes and psych our own selves out because you know what if they say something or what if they ask us something that we don't have the answer for you know we we feel like sometimes we must have some type of theological degree or Uh, understanding of biblical concepts that maybe we don't feel we possess or some qualification in order to be able to share the gospel but you know sharing the gospel oftentimes is as simple as sharing our testimony and just what God has done in our own lives and and you know I heard a story last week of a young lady who was uh, a seventh grader 
and they were visiting with friends and in, they, in this visit they went to see the family and they were visiting with these friends and they were in the park and, and the friend began to tell this young lady about a difficult circumstance they were going through and she said well have you prayed about it and he said well I don't I'm not, I've not prayed about it because I don't believe in God and the story continued to tell how that, that one young lady through the testimony of things that she'd seen God do in her own life led that young man to Christ now certainly among us we have seen God do enough things move enough mountains change things in our own hearts to the point that we should be able to articulate to someone else I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind I was bound but now I see now I'm free I was in this circumstance but the light of God's glory shined into my life and now I'm changed can't we do that so we're not saying that you know we're trying to convince someone that our opinion is right we're not saying that we're trying to explain to them deep theological concepts and if you don't have a degree in Greek and Hebrew then you're incapable of explaining it what we're doing when we say that we need to be passionate about spreading the gospel is we're saying that we need to be introducing people to the truth very simply we need to introduce people to the truth and they'll decide what they'll do with it because what they do with it is not up to us the part that's up to us is the spreading the revelation the sharing the witnessing the testimony that's the part that's up to us what they do with it is up to them they will either accept or reject what they've heard we're just simply telling people that there are answers for the problems in life and there is a power that's made available to us through the finished work of the cross and is guaranteed by the resurrection of our Savior now there's a completeness in this statement I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation and the completeness of the statement is that it is a power to salvation not only from the consequence of sin but from the power of sin and the bondage of sin that might beset our lives you will know the son whom the son has set free I'm sorry I'm mixing up verses here who the son has set free is what free, free indeed absolutely so it, it, understand this that when Paul says I am not ashamed of the gospel and last week we talked about that you know we need to at all costs share the gospel because people need the gospel understand this that this is not when we say that people need the gospel we're not saying that people need the Christian philosophy we're not saying that people need the Christian worldview we're not calling you to be an apologist we're just simply saying that you know we need to be ready to share this gospel and understand that Paul clarifies in Romans 1 16 that it is the gospel of Christ specifically not Christ the supplement you understand that this is not the message about Christ the supplement 
We have enough preaching and teaching going on in the world today that portrays Christ and enough understanding of the gospel that portrays Christ as something supplemental to our lives that kind of helps and assists us. You understand what a supplement is? In my drawer every morning in the bathroom, I pull that drawer open and there are a few bottles in there and there's, a, there's an assortment of vitamins. We call them vitamins, but actually what they are, they're dietary supplements. And you understand the purpose of those is to supply to your body the things that are lacking in your diet. They're supplementary to something that you're already doing. You know, we drink too many Diet Cokes instead of natural juices. So we take vitamins to supply the things that are deficient in our own lives. And sometimes we preach Christ as Christ the supplement, but the gospel in its fullest interpretation is not a system or series of activities that we add to our lives that eventually get things straightened out. It's not a just add Jesus to a bunch of religious routines and laws that makes things right. The gospel is a message about the power of Christ's atoning work that's available for your life and mine to make us fully complete in the power of Christ. It's not Jesus and something else. It's Jesus. It, the word says this in Colossians 1:19. Absolutely, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Not Christ, this is not a message of Christ the supplement. It's not a message about Christ the self-help. Not a program aimed to helping us rehabilitate ourselves. You know, if you'll just, if you'll just come, that is the most feeble form of the gospel. Is that if you'll just come and you'll engage with us, if you'll go through our routines, if you'll sing our songs, if you'll read our daily reading plan, if you'll pray our prayers, then after a while, things will begin to change in your life. I'm telling you that things change the moment that Jesus steps into your life and the blood is applied. It's not Jesus the self-help. <laughs> it's not... It's not a mechanism by which we learn better habits and will eventually change the outcome of our lives. It's not the context in which you and I walk as a means to support our own efforts that someday we'll change and we'll be good enough if we just follow Jesus long enough. No. It's Christ. Not Christ the supplement, not Christ the self-help, but Christ, the all-sufficient sacrifice. The all-sufficient sacrifice. I love it because, you know, Paul, we, we often reference the book of uh, Corinthians, the, the writings to the Corinthian church, and, you know, we, we love to use those in the context of our modern church and apply those principles that are taught there. But understand this, that Paul was writing to a very difficult situation when he was writing to the book at Corinth, um, to the church at Corinth. 
And he's addressing a number of issues and problems there in the church. And, and what Paul says to him is this, and I, I love the way he says this because it illustrates this point that we're making here, that this, this gospel of, of Christ... It's about Christ, the all-sufficient sacrifice. Paul writes to this church that is very troubled and says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, Paul said, listen, I don't have any catchphrases for you. I don't have any traditional wisdom for you. I don't have any human philosophy for you. All I've had for you is to proclaim the sufficiency of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the completeness thereof, to break every chain and to set you free and deliver you from your mess and that's enough he says I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God revert back to Romans 1:16, where Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God that's what Paul's referencing again here as he's speaking to the Corinthian church hey I didn't come to you knowing anything among you except that whatever your problem is the cross is the answer and you know there are a lot of things that we could say about the gospel and there are a lot of benefits that we might speak about and those benefits are endless but the truth is that any proclamation of the gospel that does not take the maladies of this life the brokenness of my mind the fractures of my heart and bear them up to the cross of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Calvary is an ill-conceived version of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As my brother Daniel would say, that's a good place to say amen. And listen, church, I understand. This is what I understand about the gospel. I understand that it's dirty. I understand that it's bloody. I understand that it's crude and it's uncomfortable. I, I remember I've, I've read the story, I've been taught the story of, you know, the passion of Christ and the, his crucifixion and all the things that transpired. I've been taught that all my life from a small child and I understood it. But, you know, sometimes I think in the familiarity of things, we begin to kind of skim over some stuff and we don't really realize things. But I remember the first time that I ever watched uh, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. I remember sitting in a theater seat and God will deliver you if you sit in a theater. It's okay. But I remember sitting in that seat with both hands firmly clasped onto the seat arms, the chair arms that were there, knuckles white, just watching the abuse and the and the and the beating and the blood and the dirt and the ugliness of the scene and just everything within me just wanted to stand up and shout would you just stop it already enough 
This is terrible. This is terrible. And I, I just wanted to shout that out. And, you know, it's dirty and it's crude. It's uncomfortable and it's unclean. But the truth it was and is that a price was paid for your sins and mine. And no matter how we want to sterilize the gospel and make it clean and make it palatable following the philosophies of our materialistic, consumeristic society, you and I made a mess and God had to clean it up and the only way it could be cleaned up was with the blood of the only begotten son of God as was shed on Calvary as he went to the cross for your sin and mine you know I was in my office earlier this week and I am generally upbeat and fairly positive but everybody doesn't have the best days all the time. And I was in my office and I was grieving certain things. And grief is natural. Understand that. You, don't, don't get me wrong. Grief is a very natural and grief is a necessary process. Because the most miserable people in the world are people who have suffered things, who have suffered loss, who have gone through different situations, and they've never allowed themselves to grieve. It's very unhealthy. So, so grief is a very healthy and a very natural thing for us. And, you know, I was, I was grieving certain situations and just things that I was laying before the Lord and just saying, God, you know what? I, I'm not responsible for this outcome. I can't make that thing happen. And God, if it was up to me, it would be this way, but it's not up to me, so it's the way it is. And God, I'm just, I'm, I'm grieving this thing and I'm just laying it at your feet. And you know, th there's a caveat to that though, because while it's a very natural and needed, needful thing that we grieve, grief is also a doorway sometimes that the adversary slips in. And if we're not careful and we're not guarded to grieve appropriately and according to Scripture, then the enemy will come in and with that grief there will also come a spirit of heaviness and a spirit that is oppressive that begins to just weigh on us and press us. And, you know, we can, we can move from grieving things in a healthy way to just standing there, you know, having the woe is me complex and mentality of life that, you know, we, we just, the sky's falling and nothing's right and, you you know, it, it has accelerated to mock speed now of how terrible things can be. And I was in, I was in my office and I was just grieving some things before the Lord and I just sensed in that moment a spirit of heaviness just came into that place and began to weigh on my heart and began to weigh on my thoughts and all of a sudden just the perspective of the world changed and everything was awful, you know? But Paul wrote a word to, to the uh, church at Thessalonia regarding grief. And he says, listen, I, want you to be, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you grieve like those who have no hope. And, and what had happened in that moment and what happens when we leave that doorway through grief, that portal through grief open, is that the enemy will come in and he will cause us to begin to grieve like those who have no hope. And with that, that adversary comes in and he brings with him this, this list. 
And that list is all of your faults, it's all of your failures, it's all of your shortcomings, it's all of your disappointments. And you begin to rehearse that in your grieving and say, oh God, this is terrible. And I, I, begin, to, I begin to rehearse that list in my mind. And somewhere along the way, I got a hold of myself and I said, listen, you, you, you know, one thing that's true about Christian ministry and church service is that Sunday's always coming. As long as the Lord tarries his coming, Sunday's always coming. I said, well, is, is enough of this foolishness? You know, you just set that aside now. You've got to focus on Sunday morning. So I began to get into the Word and just begin to prepare for this message. And then as I started studying for this message, I began to read something in the Word. And it says in Colossians chapter 2, For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Listen, who is the head of all principality and power? In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off of the body of sins and of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, listen, and wiped out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us which was contrary to us and having taken it out of the way nailed it to the cross disarming principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it and I'm telling you, church, that as I begin to focus on the cross of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Calvary, as my mind and my heart was reminded again that the handwriting of the ordinances, that list that the devil made against me, Jesus has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross and triumphs over them in it and has made a public. I begin to rejoice. I'm telling you, joy was restored in my heart and I went from a place of mourning to a place of praise and saying thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for what you've done in my life thank you Lord for what you continue to do and as I begin to think about Calvary and what Calvary meant for my life and the sufficiency of the cross something broke in that room pastor Lisa referenced it earlier and I love that verse in Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, there's an interesting phenomenon First of all, first of all, here in the scripture, we see that the act of sin was forgiven, the power of sin was broken, and the peace of our hearts was assured in the matter through the cross of Jesus Christ, through his all-sufficient sacrifice. The cross is enough. We need to share this gospel at all costs 
because of all the maladies of life man seems to have no answer but the cross is enough the finished work of Calvary is enough it is the answer on the cross crucified for me he died that in him I might have peace I might walk in victory I might know joy true joy lasting joy and this is a word for today as we hone in on that word about peace we all believe that you know the power that Christ gives us power to forgive sins we all believe that sins power has been broken in our lives but we live in an anxious generation I was looking at some research this morning and I forget the exact statistics but in the last 20 years roughly the number of chronic or uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now forgive me but clinical I guess is the word I'm trying to look for cases of clinical depression have doubled in the last 20 years we live in a very anxious generation and over the past few years I've heard and I'm not naming any one particular malady you can apply this to whatever you have need of because I'm not looking to offend anybody this morning I'm just looking to share the truth but over the past few years I've heard a lot of talking heads experts they're called who say with regard with regard to certain issues that the church has become more aware and with that the church has become more sensitive to certain issues and more aware of how to deal with them and by that what they mean is that the church has learned how to adopt the secular methods of dealing with issues and problems in the lives of its people I would submit to you that also with that as the church has become more aware and the church has become more sensitive the church has also become anemic and and I'm not saying that the church has always gotten it right but I'm not saying that it's always been wrong either and when I read my Bible it appears to me that there are a lot of issues that are being treated even in the body of Christ according to the worldly philosophies and the methods they're being treated in an ongoing basis when they simply need to be dealt with in the spirit and gotten under the blood of Jesus Christ and find deliverance and healing right then in an instant as Jesus comes in and breaks every chain say well pastor what are you saying I'm saying church that it's time that we return to a love and an infatuation with the old rugged cross so despised by the world that it holds a wondrous attraction in our hearts that we would get back to the gospel of Christ and him crucified that we would get back to the gospel of power in the blood of Jesus to remove every stain of sin and break every chain of bondage and deliver the the captive and open the wounded heart and let healing flow in 
And I believe in a lot of these areas, as I said, as the church has become more sensitive and understanding, it has also become anemic. And for those of you that are in the medical field, I know you understand what that means. But for those of you who don't, let me, let me just say that being anemic basically means that you have a blood disorder. And the effect, anemia is a condition in which you lack enough healthy blood cells to carry adequate oxygen to your body's tissue. And the result of that is that having anemia makes you feel weak and tired. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. See, we're not trying to introduce the world to a new philosophy. We're just trying to reveal the truth. And the truth is that on the cross, it was finished. On the cross, the work was finished. That you and I could find healing and peace and joy, all those things. We don't have to be weak and tired but we stand in the truth and we rest in the truth of Christ, the all-sufficient sacrifice. And it's time that the church gets back, as Paul did, to purposing to know nothing in this world but Christ and Him crucified. Not, Not the next political strategy, not what's wrong with everything else, but what's right with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time that we get back to knowing nothing in the world but Christ and Him crucified and with a bold proclamation declare it in every situation until we see the lost being saved, the sick being healed, the anxious finding peace, the bound being delivered, and the heavy-hearted finding joy. And church, here's the thing. Where does this begin? It begins right here. It begins right here as you and I begin to realize that this is the truth first that we need to walk in. We, we don't need to grieve as those who have no hope because our hope is not in this world, but it's in the finished work of Calvary. Our answer is not in, in global peace. It's not in economic security. It's, it's in none of those things. It's in Jesus Christ and in Him alone, centered in the work that He has completed on our behalf. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, I am healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. Are you healed today? Are you, are you healed from the trauma in your life? Are you healed from the maladies that you've been suffering with? Are you, healed? Do you, are you whole? Are you complete? And if not today, I'm telling you right here in this house that it starts in the house of God to understand there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus today. You don't need your situation to change to be free. You don't need your life to turn around and be free. You walk in the truth of the gospel and that will be enough. 
And when we passionately embrace the significance of Jesus' death for us personally, we're going to desire that other people see it as well. I think sometimes we're not as passionate about lost people here in the gospel because we're not really walking in the truth of the gospel ourselves. We're not thoroughly convinced ourselves. We've allowed the philosophies of this world to, you know, just, just define things for us. We, we allow society to define us and our circumstance to define us rather than getting in the Word and allowing it to define us. But only the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross has the power to deliver human beings from their awful predicament. It alone satisfies the requirements of a holy God providing an adequate substitute and delivers from sin's power. It provides forgiveness and reconciliation and freedom to live a righteous and holy life. And if we don't preach the crucifixion of Christ, we don't possess adequate evangelistic values. And at all costs, at all costs this gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ needs to first of all be embraced in the body of Christ God fill every pulpit in this land with a prophet willing to declare the uncomfortable bloody mess of the cross as the answer to man's need I wanted to I didn't want to be cliche and I didn't think I'd have time and I don't but I wanted to tell you that anywhere you cut this book it's gonna bleed and you can look it up online but I wanted to I wanted to read it for you today and just tell you about in Genesis he's this thing and in Exodus he's that thing and Leviticus he's another on and on through the entire Bible and help you see Jesus in all of this book and help you see God's redemptive plan and purpose in all of this book but I think you understand today Jesus is the answer his work is sufficient for your life and mine. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood. There's power in the cross. We've sang about it this morning. What a fitting worship set to lead us to this moment to just meditate on this word. Jesus Christ, the all-sufficient sacrifice. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.